I, my being Muslim has nothing to do with being a DJ. For me, I don't feel like it's a radical act. I don't, you know, it's not like I'm partying. When I'm DJing, I'm sober and like providing the vibe and the energy. Yo, Cheetah, where you at? Here we go. Kefeli, come on in. The champ story. Afrobeat track. It's like the most epic <laughs> interview I've ever given. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's so me. I love it. I'm sitting with one of the most beautiful humans that I've met, mashallah Lohenberg. You've got very Egyptian features as well. Thank you. Beautiful, mashallah. Yeah, I like how you said thank you for that. Anyway, so um, I met uh, Ashley uh, a couple of days ago when we were at NYU with, uh, we were at Halakha with um, Imam Sahib Webb. It was a great one. It really hit me. I needed to hear it at that time. It always happens like that. Um, and he was just talking about so many different things. But he was also talking about women's rights a lot. And he was talking about how in, in how we've adopted this very Victorian perspective, British Victorian perspective of women because of all the colonization, which I found really fascinating, really interesting point that he, you know, touched on. Anyway, so I found, we, me and Ashley just connected literally. We, I felt like we connected, but not really like in the tangible sense, in the sense that like, you know, we, I literally just told her about my life now. But um, I wanted to connect with lots of different people, amazing people that I meet and especially creatives. I know that you're a DJ, about you so um yeah just just say a little bit about what you're doing in new york at the moment okay so i am a dj but i'm also a writer amazing i didn't know that you were a journalist and and this is a uh, feels like a very kindred connection yeah. so during the day i uh work as a freelance writer and i work with all different types of people i work with tech companies i work in UX capacities, I work with products. Yeah, it's just anything kind of that comes my way. But I like to say that I help people just communicate better. I kind of have a grasp on different types of communications and I know how to word things. And I think part of that just comes from being an American in this country who has immigrant parents and like learning how to kind of navigate, you know, their language and then my language and putting things into eloquent language from a young age. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm a writer. I've been a writer for, like, my entire life. And then I only started DJing in the last year professionally. Wow. And I love writing, but I think I love DJing more than writing. Really? Yeah, okay. it's, it's like... So so what is like why okay what got you into DJing to begin with and like how did you develop it and become so good so quick I have a background in music I studied the violin I uh, sing I am very I'm just like very musical in general um, and I'm very passionate about music I did some music supervising in the last few years for like different short films I did a feature film for a friend um, some TV shows and I thought you know I've always kind of wanted to be a DJ um, I took a like a DJ class at this place called Scratch Academy which is in Manhattan mm -hmm. and they teach all vinyl DJing and so that's where I learned 
the basics. That's where I learned how to beat match, how to like scratch, all of that stuff. And then in the last year, I I was basically procrastinating from writing. I was like, I don't want to do this thing that I'm doing right now. Let me see what else I can do that will be fun. And so yeah yeah and i've i've come to find that djing is such a it's such a way to connect with myself and with my surroundings in a way that i've never been able to before i've never been able to impact so many people like in a space at once it's different when you're writing because exactly you have no idea what how people are reacting or who's reading or I, i feel like most of the time I just put work out and I don't think about it. I'm yeah, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with DJing, it's so immediate. What, what, like, what, is, what does that entail? Like DJing. So I use, which we can look at a little bit later, um, I use like a, a small controller um, and it has like two s- digital turntables and a mixer. Um, and so I use that and connect it to my computer, which runs a program that has all of my music on it. Mm. And in that program, it's like sorted by BPM, key, uh, genre. I have all these like crates, which are basically like playlists, Mm. which I organize kind of music based on how it sounds. Um, and so actually being and that's just one of the bits of equipment that I use I use that at home to practice but when I'm out at a club or an event I use like their equipment which is bigger kind of like digital turntables Mm. called CDJs um I play a lot of Aravi music Aravi yeah 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 I just I don't know I'm not really good at doing what other people tell me to do so I kind of just went into it like, this is my style, this is like what I do, this is how people know me. Yeah. I play Latin music, a lot of cumbia, a lot of Afro-Caribbean. I basically play music from all over the world. Like any of my sets you'll hear, you know, music represented from like tons of different places in this world. And that's fun, that's really fun for me because... I just that's the kind of music that makes me feel joy and it's incredibly uh, tangible (laughs) it's very soothing in here on a rainy day it's interesting because in the spaces that I've played in something that I, I have to kind of sit with and think about is the crowd that I'm playing for and how open they will be so ideally like it doesn't matter what the crowd looks like. As long as they're open, I'm happy. And yeah, 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 totally. Like at the beginning of my... I have these like monthly residencies at some places in New York where uh, there'll be like four-hour sets. So I have a lot of time to just kind of like... For four hours? Yeah, to just play whatever I want, but also to experiment, figure out what the vibe is. I prefer not to do that all the time because it's exhausting. <laughs> And you can't take breaks, really, unless you put, like, an eight-minute song on and then run away. (laughs) But it's fun in those, like, I have a set coming on Saturday where it's like that. I'll be playing for four hours. And at the beginning of the set, I always just put, like, things I know people will like. Not, never top 40, never anything that's, like, pure pop. But, like, one time I started a set 
playing the entirety of Robin's new album, but between each track on the album, I threw in an Afrobeat track. <laughs> it's like the most epic <laughs> interview I've ever given. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's so me. I love it. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm, I can tell. You are 28. Um, and you are in New York, living alone, or like with a roommate. One roommate, yeah. Um, so like, what do you feel has, how, how did you get here? <laughs> okay, uh, well, I came to New York to go to school. Um, I went to college at the new school, and I studied. Yeah, that's where we met. I met Yumna in an Arabic class. Um, um. Yeah, I had a positive experience. You can't take this word for word, but it started basically out of like rebellion. There were a bunch of professors that came from higher institutions of education like Columbia and and you know, just those kinds of spaces and they were they seemed to be fed up with um that kind of energy and that kind of like education system. So they came to the new school to start something different. And I think those those values have been upheld for the most part um, in the system that they've created. But, you know, like, I think a lot of people of color who go to any liberal arts college find that it's a interesting space to navigate because it's predominantly, you know, like, of a certain class, of a certain race. Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, Islam and politics at SOAS University. And it was taught by a white male. It was I was very uncomfortable with a lot. It was so strange, but I didn't even have like the the words to articulate what was going on yeah. to myself, yeah. let alone be able to kind of navigate that with my classmates. And no one saw that that, that was a problem or that it was uncomfortable for me to learn my religion through a white the white male gaze and also the po- the political side as well. I was I was uh, challenging it. But I didn't even realize I was challenging it. How did you? How do you navigate like your identity in that sense? Because you come across, mashallah, and obviously I've only known you for a short period. But I pick up on people's energies, and you have a very kind of um, like balanced energy, um, secure, and and like you are comfortable with yourself. And I think navigating that in communities like the ones that we're part of can be really difficult. And I think you start meeting when you start meeting people who are like you, like they've had to go through the hard stuff to get to that place of being happy with themselves how did you do that like what was your journey like for that that's a great question um i'm an earth sign i'm a taurus i don't know if you buy into astrology oh i love aries my moon sign is an aries yeah so all my friends are aries and gemini so anyway being an earth sign uh, you know if for anyone who listens to this that is into astrology knows how grounded and kind of fixed you can be stubborn in some ways but it's also I think it plays into a lot of my personality I've you know I have doubts like anybody else but um, I find that it's very easy for me to enter a room and just know like okay this is what I have to offer this is me and I'm open and ready to hear other people and and you know connect with them but that doesn't mean that I have to change who I am. But it's very difficult in Islamic spaces um, because I think 
with any religion, there's always a chance that you're dealing with like the groupthink mentality, and that's so hard not to buy into. And I actually avoided community for a long time because I grew up in a like suburb of Connecticut, so we had some community, and we met other Muslims. And I went to you know Islamic school on Sundays, and there are some still some people that I really love and and like call family from that community but on the whole I never really connected with anyone because I felt like my perception of myself and my religion and my relationship to God was always going to be different from theirs and that it's like it's so strange with Islam because the religion I think is so open and I feel so represented by it but it doesn't actually translate to that with everyone. It's kind of like what we were hearing at the halakha the other night. Like, it's almost like people totally people grasp onto this culture. Hey, my being Muslim has nothing to do with being a DJ. For me, I don't feel like it's a radical act. I don't, you know, it's not like I'm partying when I'm DJing. I'm sober and like providing the vibe and the energy, and I can only do that if my head is straight. So that's just my approach. I know that not everyone has the same approach, and and definitely the party world has a certain reputation, and I don't I don't hate that either. Like that's I chose to be in that space because that's where people are most open. If you're going to have a space where people are meant to feel free to express themselves and to feel something with music and an environment like. You can't expect them to buy into the same traditions that they, you know, follow in a mosque, <laughs> you know? It's, I think, like, in the community that I'm involved with in New York, a big thing for me has been finding other women who DJ and connecting with them. Yeah. It's not to say that I haven't... I've had... I've met really amazing men through this community, but I feel that we are all sort of, as women, in the same yeah. kind of... Uh, we're doing the same thing like we're fighting the same fight yeah so we're just banding together and it's been amazing like some of the most incredible women I've met um, so the question was are there more Muslim <laughs> women DJs now <laughs> to my knowledge um, yeah yeah there are actually there there are a few so we have a mutual friend called alex that's actually how we met she's a, she is djing in her own wedding with a white gown that's what he just said yeah you you kind of have navigated those spaces you're saying with the ease because you've never really been put in those like environments per se of like the judgment so predominantly on you or is it just that it's kind of like the way you choose to live your life it kind of just you don't care that it's more that I felt the judgment definitely and and the reason I avoided like I didn't know an Islamic community in New York until I joined the Islamic Center at NYU where we met because all of the communities were it's so nice it's really nice and the people I've met through it are so just genuine souls but the on the whole the community that I've you know experienced in new york it's just different it's it's older a little bit more conservative um they like to see things done the same way they know and the last the last experience i had i remember going to a mosque in manhattan like four years ago or maybe three years ago um 
and you know it was just one of those experiences where like this older woman in the community called me out in front of everyone for wearing nail polish (laughs) that's awful i just thought it was so ridiculous and it was ramadan too and she did this in front of everyone not like she didn't take me aside or anything i didn't have anything to you know say to her in that moment i was kind of like okay fine like that's your that's your belief Mm -hmm. but i was so angry and embarrassed because i had just fasted for a whole day and we're about to have iftar and you're like you know telling me that my wudu and my prayer and my fast didn't count because i'm literally wearing red nail polish so after that i was like i'm done i don't want anything to do with the community this spirituality is mine and this religion is mine and then i can't remember how i was connected with nyu but i think my dad may have suggested it he was like so i just wanted to ask like how you maintain your relationship with allah mm. because you said that your kind of own perception and and only if you feel comfortable to share that sure, yeah. but your own perception of like islam is kind of just you felt like it's different to other people's so or like of course it is it is for everyone but how do you feel like that manifests for you does it manifest in the music does it manifest in other ways like through creative roots or how do you kind of find it that's a great question um during ramadan i went to a uh like a pre-iftar halakha and imam khalid asked all of us he was like have you guys ever thought about what god actually means like who God is or what God is or how God manifests. And it was funny because, like, everyone in the room was kind of stunned. Like, nobody had actually, like, people had answers, obviously, but then he made us kind of break out into groups and talk about it. And (laughs) it was interesting because I was there with my mom, so she and I got to talk about it for, like, the first time ever, really, where we had this really honest conversation of, like, what does God mean? And our perceptions were I thought similar but sometimes with her because English is her second language I feel like she doesn't see that there's like she didn't feel like we had as much in common as I did because I understood the core of what she was saying and I think maybe if she had told me in Arabic like I would have just I would have been like yes and she would have thought the same but basically the essence of what I said to her was that I my relationship to Islam and to God is about energy. And I, that's how I see God and this universal kind of like energy that exists. Um, you know, when we were kids, we used to refer to God as he. And then when I became an adult, I understood that God is an energy, a presence, that it's, it's about the days that I have when they're bad you know conserving my energy and like rooting myself in relationship to this greater sort of existence and then the days that I have that are good knowing that there is almost a um, uninterrupted connection with that energy and so that's what I said to her and, and she she sort of felt the same way it was interesting to to know that like Nobody had ever told me that when I was growing up. I just kind of came to that conclusion on my own. And obviously, in that moment, I was like, oh, this comes from my mom, like from my parents, from the way they they kind of t- 
taught and raised us yeah so and was it in that it was in that moment when you were with your mum that you realized you were both on the, the same level with regards to that yeah how did she say it how did she articulate it I can't remember exactly I think she said I feel closest to God when I'm close to my intuition and when my intuition is blocked like I feel like I'm not connected with God and I I feel that deeply like I've talked about intuition many times uh, just as a, a creative person as a deeply emotional person how you can sort of come across experiences in this lifetime that block you from your intuition and block you from whatever it is that your you know inner voice is trying to tell it's like you're weirding me out <laughs> this is so much fun i love this Revolution thoughts and you moving like a lion Praying, oh my God, would you always get me sad?